It's a startling statistic. Each year, well over a million children receive medical treatment for abuse or violence. InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco has the story. Gina? Thanks, Chris. David Finkelord is director of the Crimes Against Children Research Center at the University of New Hampshire. Their recent study shows much larger numbers of children receiving medical care resulting from violence than previous studies indicated. Your study looked at visits to a doctor, an emergency room, or a medical facility. What did you find compared to past studies? Well, previous studies had looked at visits to emergency rooms, but it turns out that two out of three visits that victimized children make for medical care are to other places like family doctors or a school nurse. It doesn't get as far as the emergency room. So there's just quite a few more. It's about three times the number who show up in the emergency rooms. And previous estimates based on data, like you say, only from emergency rooms, were about 340,000 visits. That's a severe undercount, is it not? Yes, it is. It's much easier to count the emergency room visits because there's a national database of that, and there isn't for this other group. How would you characterize this problem? Are we talking about an epidemic? How would you characterize it? Well, kids are frequently victimized. They are the most crime-prone and violence-vulnerable group in the population. They have rates of assault and aggravated assault and sexual assaults that are two to three times that of the adult population. And it manifests in a variety of ways, reports to school officials and reports to parents, and a lot of it doesn't get reported at all. And that's a problem, too, in that crimes against kids are much less likely to be reported to the police and authorities than other kinds of crimes. But I'm reluctant to use the term epidemic because this level of high victimization of kids is a long history and long tenure And in fact, our tracking of it suggests that it's actually been coming down in the last 20 or 25 years. And when we talk about children, what age groups are most involved? Well, it depends on the kinds of victimization you're talking about. Peer assaults start to increase greatly in middle school, but sexual assaults increase sort of in the teenage years. So at different stages of development, there are different profiles of crimes against children. But there is no stage of childhood where it is particularly safe. Even the youngest kids are subjected to a considerable amount of victimization assaults at the hands of abusive parents and their siblings. As you've begun to talk about the sorts of injuries or conditions that the children come in with, how broad a base of attacks might these kids face? It's not just the beatings or the rape or that sort of physical assault. Aren't there other types as well? Well, there are many kinds of victimization that kids experience and we don't really think that much about. For example, they have an enormous amount of property victimization where items of theirs are broken or stolen by other kids or people that they don't know. Those kinds of crimes don't get treated as being very serious and rarely get reported to the police. But for the kids who are affected, it may be some important part of the actual possessions that they have, and they may react to it in the same way that an adult would who had their car stolen. There's that. Then there are other kinds of victimizations that don't get discussed very much. For example, school-age boys have a lot of being hit in the genitals by other kids. This isn't typically considered a sexual assault, but it is a form of victimization that can cause injury and have to result in a medical visit. 
It was a very embarrassing and, and shameful one as well. There's a whole range of childhood victimizations that we don't really confront because we're not really paying enough attention to it. A lot of people would be reluctant to call police. What would you say to people about making that phone call? Well, the police option is a challenge you want to not simply because people don't want to get involved. They don't want to stigmatize and have criminal records for other kids. They think that maybe getting involved in the police will be harmful for their child. And that may be true. The police are getting better, but traditionally they've not been all that good at being sensitive to victims' needs and making sure that their interventions don't deepen the harm or cause more trauma. I think there just need to be a lot more people who are sensitive to the kinds of crime exposure that kids have and capable of responding to it in a sensitive way. Those include teachers and guidance counselors, parents, law enforcement, people in mental health, and family physicians. David Finkelor from the University of New Hampshire, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, and if people need more information, my organization is the Crimes Against Children Research Center, and there's more information on our website. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. That wraps up this week's show. Join us next time for another edition of InfoTrack. InfoTrack.